Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God for our meditation is recorded in Acts chapter 4 beginning at verse 18. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, It's hard to imagine any less likely missionaries than the 12 disciples that surrounded our Lord Jesus during his ministry. Think only of Peter, impetuous Peter, who impulsively attacks the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear as the soldiers came to arrest Jesus in Gethsemane. And then consider Peter's fickle faith. He walks on water as the Lord bids him until along comes a wave. And where is his faith then? Then there's James and John, who urged on by their mother, had an overwhelming ambition to be the chief among the ministers of Christ's kingdom. Hardly likely missionary candidates, we might say. Yet these same men, after witnessing the risen Lord Jesus in boldness of faith, defied the religious leaders in Jerusalem, who just weeks before had overcome the Roman governor and had Jesus put to death. Our text finds the disciples Peter and John accosted by the Sanhedrin for healing a lame man through the power and name of Jesus. These disciples proclaimed, Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here. Before you whole. One commanded then by the council not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. They openly defied the orders. Why? For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Here was the miracle of faith and the boldness of faith. It was the boldness of faith alone that enabled them to stand. And it is faith alone that in our day can grant us the ability to forthrightly, dependably speak the words of the gospel. It was the boldness of faith that enabled the early Christians, while in the gripping fear of being thrown to the lions, to sing of the majesty and mercy of God, so that those who witnessed that gory slaughter might know that their hope lay not in the delights of this world, but in the infinite glory of God's eternal kingdom. Talk about boldness. What could be more daring than the fact that Christians within the very household of Caesar taught boldly that Jesus was Lord? Although the emperor demanded that every Roman subject bow down to him, spreading the gospel 
was a matter for the individual Christian. Although God gave teachers to the church, the apostles, it was still the individual Christian that did the most to spread the word. The Greek congregation at Rome was known throughout Christendom for sending out missionaries and zealously spreading the gospel. Yet it was founded by, not founded by an apostle as far as we know. Rather, a simple Christian carried with him to the capital the wonderful news that in this world of violence and poverty and corruption, there is hope. The gospel message electrified the city and the congregation grew until it became one of the major centers of Christianity along with Jerusalem and Antioch. The growth of Christianity testifies to the fact that it was ordinary Christians that spread the gospel to the far-flung corners of the Roman Empire and beyond. It is possible to trace, for example, how the gospel came to such out-of-reach places as the British Isles. Perhaps it was a Roman soldier, perhaps a slave, but there grew a center of Christianity. Perhaps it was just a word here or there, or an unshaken confidence in God displayed by a Christian. Or at times it may have been the frank boldness of confession in the face of death that gave a powerful testimony to the hope of the world that had for so many years been lost to the world. Our day is much like the time of the apostles, for beyond the homes of Christian families lies a world full of despair. It's not just in some far-off mission fields, but the college campuses of America, even our neighbors. For these, there are no apostles sent, but we do have the apostolic word already written on the pages of the Bible. Those are needed who with the early Christians will pray, grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. And remember that when we pray your servants, we mean ourselves. Although lack of hope is a pronounced feature of our society, there are many ways, too, in which we differ from the early days of Christianity. Our desire not to offend others and not to be sneered at and ridiculed by others will do more to silence a Christian than the threat of beheading or being thrown to the lions in ancient times. Christian college students at public universities and on theologically liberal campuses will tell of being ridiculed even by their instructors for their confession, even a simple admission of belief in God. After taking the brunt of this mocking, maybe after class, some other students will come up to them to show their approval in secret. The main reason why we Christians must seek after boldness of faith is not because of fear for our lives or our reputations, but because for so many people, Christianity, salvation, and faith are simply dead issues. The false religion of evolution has become so infused in our society that it is taken for granted by many that hope ends with the grave. The challenge for us today is to make our faith such a part of our lives that the way we live and the way we act testify to 
the life of our faith and create opportunities for us to speak the gospel. When others ask the reason for the hope that is in you, we let them know why we do what we do, because we trust in God who has given us his word. The only true mission field is wherever the gospel is being heard. It's in homes where parents teach their children. It is in regular Sunday Bible class. It is an earnest invitation to come to church with you, with a reason for going. It is two co-workers talking about Jesus or at work or friends discussing, discussing spiritual matters at the back fence. It is time and effort and prayers and support for those who speak the word. Where do we get this boldness of faith? Only from the means of grace, the word and sacraments. For these are the instruments that the Holy Spirit uses to create, strengthen, and increase faith in our hearts. Now, more than ever, we need to get a firm understanding and appreciation of the gospel. For only there do we get a true perspective on the world. It is in God's word alone that we find the truth that frees us from the lies and delusions of mankind and Satan. By the law, we see the magnitude of our own sin, sin that contributes to the state of this world, our gossip, our little white lies, our placing greater trust in money or parents or institutions or organizations than we place in God. It is for us that Christ, true God and true man, suffered the agonies of hell. It is for us that he suffered pain and humiliation and torture and death on the cross. For God to give us a bold faith is for him to give us an appreciation of the greatness of that sacrifice and of the salvation that has been won for us. The bold, trusting, faithful heart can say by God's grace, I am part of God's kingdom. In place of death, there is life. In place of sin, there is righteousness. In times of suffering, there is grace to withstand it. In times of pain, there is the comfort of Christ. This we may say to ourselves, but having a true appreciation of God's grace, we may also say with the boldness of faith to our neighbor, to our friend or an acquaintance, here in Christ is hope. Here is life. Forsake death and believe. For to those who believe, there is life everlasting. Amen.